It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into SGA being back for opening night, what that means for this team and the starting lineup on Wednesday, and what this team can achieve this week with him back for the start of the regular season. Plus, the Thunder signed Isaiah Joe, which pretty much sets their roster, and which Thunder players are in line for a breakout season, and who could do better than we're expecting them to. All on today's Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into SGA being ready for the season opener, the Thunder signing Isaiah Joe, and which players are in line for a breakout game. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms, including on YouTube, so that way you can get this show every morning delivered to you for free five days a week and after every single game, so a lot of fun there. Right now, if you're on YouTube, like the video, subscribe, but also drop below in the comment section. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for this Thunder season with really the roster in hand, even though it has not been officially announced just quite yet. SGA is tracking to play on Wednesday, according to head coach Mark Dagnall on, uh, in practice this weekend. He said that the team is looking at SGA to play Wednesday. He's tracking very well. Uh, now, Shea has been out since before training camp, so he's not participated in any training camp uh, or preseason with a grade 2 MCL sprain. He progressed really nicely. I mean, it sounds like he did one-on-zero work, and then we've so we've seen him do shooting drill works before games. Uh, I have videos of that on my Twitter account from the games that I was at. And then it sounds like this weekend he participated in scrimmages and practices, so he seems full go. Now, my question would be, the Thunder play on Wednesday in Minnesota. They play in Denver on Saturday. Then they come back to OKC and play Minnesota again on Sunday. So Minnesota two times in three games, but also the the important note here is a back-to-back right out of the gate. And so for a guy in SGA 
who's dealing with this MCL and is just now getting over it, is he truly 100% full go, no restrictions, no anything to where he's going to play both nights of a back-to-back? Or would the Thunder sit him Saturday to make sure he can play on Sunday? Because you know, the NBA is a business and also you don't want to, you don't want to put too much on SGA too fast. I'd wonder if the training was totally off of him and he's fully healed and recovered, or if there's still some worry um, in general, because you don't want guys playing that many back-to-backs at all in the regular season, but also especially coming right off of an injury like this. I think that if he does need to rest, I would assume that they would rest him on the road versus resting him for the actual home opener, but something to monitor moving forward. And honestly, he might just be good to go where he plays all three games this week. Who knows? But it is something to look forward to or, or, or to check in on throughout the rest of this week. So the big thing here is that SGA gets to play from the word go, which he had to be able to do, of course, to uh, try to make a push into the All-Star game. I think that by merit, I think that by talent, I think that by his display on the court, he should be good enough to make the All-Star team this year. Um, I think that the Thunder can be good enough to where, even as SGA says, that team success should factor into the voting process. I think that they won't be so far buried that it'd be egregious to put SGA into the all-star game. I think that they could be, you know, five or so games between them and the, and the play in tournament, or even depending on how, you know, teams get hurt or slow starts could even be at that 10th seed or a couple games shy of it. So I think that team success wise, they could be right around the range that needs to be. I think that SGA can average 25 plus points a night leading up to the all-star break and can be an all-star. But to do that, you have to play. You have to play a lot of games, and so it's good that he's going to start out healthy. Of course, he'll miss a few games here and there because every NBA player does. Right? He's not going to play every single game leading up to the all-star break, I wouldn't assume. I even just mentioned right there, he might not play Saturday. Who knows? Uh, but it's good that he's starting out healthy. So that's awesome for the Thunder and for SGA especially. And what's also good for SGA is that if he can put up these you know, 25 points per game leading up to the all-star break, He's playing quality teams. Look at this Thunder stretch. Even just the first 11 games, you're playing the Clippers twice. You're playing the Timberwolves twice. The Timberwolves, who now have Rudy Gobert, and that's one of the best rim protectors protectors in the league, and SGA thrives at getting to the rim and scoring at the rim. So if you can beat these caliber of teams, Miami, uh, all these teams that you're going to play that are in the playoff range or, or just outright contenders, then that even gives you more credence to um, your your case, your you know kind of campaign to get to the All-Star game. I do want to talk about SGA starting lineups, rotations with him there because we have not seen SGA play with this team yet. And this team so far has looked good. There's no other way to slice it. I know that they've played two non-NBA teams and also they've gone five and one and their only loss was to Dallas. The only time they've ever lost in the, you know, as far as this unit together, the only time that they've ever lost was by two points and they shot 18% from three as a team. Other than that, they found ways to win and win fairly comfortably besides the San Antonio game was not that comfortable, but eventually they did kind of swell it lead to like what? Eight, nine, 10 uh, points. This team has looked really good. These players have looked more developed than we would assume that they would have been. And now you add SGA to that. How does that all mix together? What's the right, you know, what's the right kind of mingling of these players to capitalize on all of their strengths? You know that I don't really care about the starting lineup. I care about how they close games and how, they manage the minutes within the game. But just as a starting lineup, as a base point to say who's going to start with this squad, opening night, could the starter be, you know, Poku, Jerry, Baisley? I think that you're locked into starting SGA, Lou Dort, and Josh Giddy. So now you have two spots left. And I think that those two spots are going to come down to 
Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, Darius Baisley, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Alexei Pokashevsky. And ultimately, I think that they'll settle on for Wednesday, SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Poku, Jerry. Now, that will change probably Saturday, right? Because we already have seen Mark want to mix and match and tinker with different things. But what would be your starting lineup for Wednesday, and how excited are you to watch SGA with this team? Uh, it isn't always linear, doesn't always apples to apples, but with the way this team played for the six preseason games, you have to assume they'll get even better adding SGA. Adding Kendrick Williams, who only played in, like, what, one preseason game all, you know, the whole time because he had a groin injury and rest days. Uh, adding those two guys is huge. You also have not seen Mike Muscala to a lesser degree. That's huge. You know, 10 minutes a night, whatever he's going to play with a nice three-point range and, and all that he can do on the floor. Like, it's going to be interesting to see just how good that this team can be and just how good that the Thunder can can be this year. Because while Victor Mignogna and Scoot Henderson are great and we would do anything to get them to Oklahoma City, I think that this year will be played out and just let the chips fall where they may. Because you have to figure out how SGA and, and, and Josh Giddy play off of each other. Can they? Will they? How does it look? How good can they be? What's their what's their ceiling? You have not gotten enough sample size on those two guys, not even close to it. Because they, even though they were there for a whole year last year, they didn't play together that much last year. So you've got to get that worked out. Then you got to see which young players are we going to keep, which young players are we going to move on from, who can be a sweetener in a trade, who can be a keep forever. Because the Thunder, despite just drafting four guys, are running out of time in the sense of there's only 17 roster spots. So there's going to be some quick decisions made because you're eventually going to have to pay these guys. You're eventually going to have to make an all-in move and, and, and use a sweetener because we've seen that you can't just do simple picks for these guys. You're going to have to do at least someone of note, even the Jazz for uh, Rudy Gobert got Jared Vanderbilt, who's nice. It was a nice little piece. Like you're going to have to use someone as a sweetener. You're going to have to move on from somebody because you can't pay every single player to that to that rookie deal if they all end up being really good players. And you're going to have to make room for for new guys because the Thunder have drafted eight guys in the last two drafts. It's clear that they want to target young players and keep shuffling through, um, you know, these young guys that have potential and see what their potential is. So with that, you've got to make decisions quick and you've got to get these guys on the floor and see what they have. So I think that this season will get played out to the fullest extent that it can, you know, all the way through March or up into March. And so from here to there, how good can this team get? And the beautiful thing about this draft class is from everyone that I've talked to in and around the NBA, seven to eight guys is kind of the consensus of, I think that seven to eight guys can be a top three player in your organization. Seven to eight guys, that, that, that does not mean that you have to get the top three lottery odds, which, which the Thunder have never done. They've never had top three lottery odds in the NBA draft lottery. They've been at four or five the last two years, even for as bad as the last two years were. So they'll probably finish anywhere from the bottom five to the bottom 10 in this year's in this year's class. And if they don't, that means that they've made the playoffs or or a high play-in. And if they do that, then your team's already ahead of schedule and they're going to add you know Chet Holmgren to this team next year. And they're going to still get a very quality player with their pick in the 2023 NBA draft. So a lot to look forward to and a lot to, to, to wonder how these guys mix and match. And the 5-1 preseason might be a mirage and this team might just be too young to close out games. It might just be too young to actually win them. Who knows? But I'm excited for this season, as you can probably tell. Now, I'm also excited that the Thunder signed Isaiah Joe, and you might wonder why that is. I'll tell you coming up. But first, I want to say right now about our good friends over at Rocket Money. We love sharing our message with you about Rocket Money because Rocket Money is incredible. Look, we've all been there before, right? We buy something, you know, on a subscription base for a free trial even, and then forget to cancel the free trial, and then boom, 
racking up, racking up, racking up, uh, you know, monthly subscription fees that we don't even know is happening. Because I don't know about you, but I don't go sapruder my uh, bank statements like I should. You should do that, but I'm not responsible enough to do that. I'm sorry, I forget to do it. And so there's some charges that can get by me a little bit here on these subscription services. And what Rocket Money does is it stops those or alerts you to those that are happening. So you can put all of your subscriptions into this platform and they'll cancel it for you. You can just tell them one day that, hey, you know what? I don't really want subscription X anymore. Can you go tell them to cancel it for me? And they'll do it for you. That way you have no hassle. You have no uh, wasting your money, wasting your time to go cancel it. Because let's face it, you know, canceling subscriptions are almost harder than just paying the fee outright every month because it's so much time and hassle to contact somebody, find a human to talk to, everything that you have to do to jump through these hoops. They'll do it for you at Rocket Money, which also used to be known as Truebill. So same thing, same great experience, just with a new name. The app shows all of your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you do not want for you. Go check out Rocket Money today and have them cancel your un necessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Get rid of your useless subscriptions with Rocket Money right now. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, you could save hundreds with rocketmoney.com slash locked on. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Stiles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts from and including on YouTube. So check that out today. Now, the Thunder did sign Isaiah Joe. Came out of the blue this weekend. They signed him to a multi-year deal, a standard NBA contract slot. What does that mean? Well, if you've followed this team for the last few years, you know that by multi-year deal, this is just going to put him technically on the books for this year, next year, maybe even a third year, obviously. But each year we'll have non-guarantees, we'll have team options where they could just part ways with him after the season's over with if they don't think that it's going anywhere, if they don't think that the, that the that the juice is worth the squeeze, so to say. But they are going to give him a shot this year to prove that he has those NBA tools. He flashed them in Philadelphia, which is where he was prior to this as a second-round pick in the 2022 NBA draft, 
uh, with the Sixers. He flashed those skills, but it's just so hard to get on the floor for a contending Philadelphia team as a young, kind of raw player out of Arkansas. He went to uh, the same high school as Jalen Williams. They played together in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Both players, of course, went to play for the Razorbacks, uh, Arkansas University, but did not kind of match up their timeline to play there together, uh, obviously, as Williams was playing there last year and uh, Isaiah Joe was, of course, with the Sixers. Isaiah Joe did give credit to Vince Rossman, who the Thunder hired this summer to getting him to sign an OKC after being uh, let go by the Sixers. I only point that out because it's very interesting that we've already seen the two biggest acquisitions this summer, Vince Rossman to the front office and Chip England to the coaching staff, have and pay huge dividends to the team already. In this form, it's getting a flyer on Isaiah Joe, who the Thunder obviously like to give him this standard deal and not just go in with Nuabe or cut Nuabe and sign Lindy Waters to their NBA deal, whatever. They still made some, they, they still went out there and, you know, made a different move. And Vince Rossman was, of course, a part of that, having worked hands-on with Isaiah Joe and been a part of the front office that drafted Isaiah Joe. Uh, so it's interesting to see that. As his per 36 numbers, Isaiah Joe averages 10, uh, 12 points per game, 10 assists, I should say two assists, three rebounds, a steal, 35% from the floor, 34% from three, and 85% the line. I will say also, if you look at his inside uh, cleaning the glass numbers, inside the arc, he's incredible. Now, it's a very small sample size. Very, very small. 64% at the rim, 55%, uh, 57% in the short mid-range. That is the 95th percentile for, for the mid-range and also 74th percentile for at the rim. It is incredible to see what he does at the rim and what he's able to do inside the arc. And whenever he's shooting from the corner, he shoots particularly well. Um that's also great to see, 39% on corner threes. Again, all this is on very, very, very small sample sizes. I believe he has 11 um, shots at the rim and seven in the short mid-range. So it's very, very small sample sizes, but it's showing you tools that he can do. Now, your question is, when can he get minutes? Well, it's an 82-game marathon, folks. There's back-to-backs, there's three games in four nights, there's blowout games, there's injuries, there's rest, there's end-of-the-season lulls where, hey, you know, we're out of it. It, the season's kind of over for us in terms of win losses. We already know what SGA can do. We already we've already seen what Trey Mann can do. Let's see what what Isaiah Joe can do here for the last 10, 15 games of the season, whatever it ends up being. Like there's all these sort of pathways to getting him on the floor. Another question you might have is, how does this impact Lindy Waters to third? To me, it doesn't. Uh, I understand the the questioning of well, why didn't they just cut Nwabe and sign Lindy Waters to third to a standard deal? I think it's just purely roster mechanics. You had the opportunity and the pathway easier to just cut Noabe and sign um, Isaiah Joe to the standard deal and then keep Lindy Waters on his two-way deal. The two-way deal allows Lindy Waters to play 50 NBA games this year. 50 NBA games. So on top of the sample size last year, on top of the sample size in the summer league, on top of the sample size in preseason, he'll get 50 more NBA games. And at that point, when he's played those games you can then decide, hey, you know what? We do want to give him that roster spot. Let's go ahead and give it to him and lose Isaiah Joe. Whereas if you give it to him now, you might prove in those 50 games, eh, you know, maybe we shouldn't have given him this spot, right? So he still has the same opportunity that he had five days ago. And the opportunity is go out there and prove that you're an NBA player. I think that he will. I think he's shown that he's a really good shooter, obviously. I think that he's shown he's a very improved defender going back to summer league and to preseason. And I think that he'll continue to show that as we get near, um, you know, as we get into the season on Wednesday. But to me, this does not change much of anything. Obviously, Isaiah Joe and Jalen Williams were awesome in high school, but they I believe they didn't lose a game until the state title game, which was a sore subject that Mark brought up to them. He said that he told that story after practice on Monday. So 
it's interesting to bring in Isaiah Joe, but it doesn't truly change much. It just sets the roster. So the roster cuts are going to be Trey Burke and Marquise Chris, who never reported to the Thunder, uh, David Nwabe, and uh, and Scotty Hobson, who's a, just a training camp deal to get his G League rights back with the Blue. He's played for the Blue for the last couple of seasons, got his NBA uh, debut with the Thunder last year with the COVID stuff. But nonetheless, those are the four cuts that it looks like right now outside of anything crazy happening and just out, you know, outlandish happening uh, at, at the final hour of this uh, deadline. The Thunder have to set their roster by about 5 p.m. today. So we'll see if that actually holds true whenever the roster is officially set. But but that's what we've got cooking here for the Thunder roster. Also at 5 p.m., the deadline to extend Darius Basley is happening. Uh, of course, it has not happened yet. There's been no extension. I don't think that there'll be an extension for him in the Thunder in the final hour. I think that the Thunder would have taken care of this a long time ago had they wanted to extend him, and now they'll go into a prove-it year, and he'll be on the doorstep of restricted free agency at the end of the season, which the Thunder typically do not dabble in. So let's see how Baisley's season unfolds and where it finishes, if it's if it's in OKC or if it's somewhere else through, the, through trades or whatever the case may be. So that's all the housekeeping notes on the roster and on Isaiah Joe and kind of how everything gets set up. So the Thunder, of course, their roster is set now with Isaiah Joe being the only name that you probably have, did not know about if you were focusing a lot on football this weekend, which was a great football weekend, of course, for almost everyone involved except for Oklahoma State fans. Sorry about that, Oklahoma State fans. But I do want to say right now that we're going to dive into our breakout players. And my first breakout player for the Thunder is Alexei Pogoshevsky. And I think that this is going to be a different breakout than what you're kind of used to. He has not looked like an NBA player to this point. Besides this preseason, which he has looked very good in the preseason, to this point, in the sense of last year and the year before, he did not look like an NBA player. However, there's context around that, right? I see people all the time saying, well, it's year three. You should know by year three. That's not the case with Pokashevsky. He's the rare exception to that rule because he shouldn't have even been in the NBA the last two years. That was a special circumstance of, hey, you know, the Thunder, uh, you know, their roster is in such a place where we can afford to take on Pokashevsky right now and throw him into the fire and just, and just see what happens. This is his first true year in the league, in my opinion, that you can actually judge. It was just a perfect combination that got him to the league before this. And so far, I believe in what Mark has said, and I believe what Poku has shown, that Poku is a more comfortable and calm player on the floor, and that he will show you that he's a nice rotational player. For him, that's a breakout season. For him, becoming a nice rotational NBA player is great. And I've said it before, I said it last year, in the preseason show, that I think that the breakout for Poku, the, the the leap for Poku will come year two to year three, not year one to two. So far, that's been the case. I also have said before uh, in this offseason that I, you know, in this preseason, that I think that Pokashevsky looks more comfortable not only just playing the game, but also in his identity, in his role. It no longer looks like he's trying to do too much or trying to prove that he's a superstar, unicorn, incredible, t- tantalizing talent. It looks like he's more so trying to prove I'm just a guy. I'm just a, I'm just a basketball player playing my role. If I, if I didn't want to roll, I'd go play golf or tennis. I'm just playing my role right here and doing what is asked of me. So that's what it looks like for Poku. And if he can continue to do that and continue on that pathway and, and on that trajectory, then all of a sudden you've got a really nice NBA player that can, once you get that baseline of rotational piece, then you can start to ask a little more of him, a little more from him, a little more from him. And you can stack these wins and stack these building blocks upon each other. So I think that you're going to see a breakout from Poku. I also think that you're going to see a very nice time over at Bet Online because, folks, Bet Online is incredible. It is for you. It is going to be 
your one-stop shop for all of your betting needs. It's your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every single game that you can find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and best way to bet on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB playoffs, MMA, boxing, golf, football, basketball, all that fun stuff. Head over right now to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. It's this easy, folks. You type in betonline.net on your URL, you go to their sports book, and you can bet on anything from team wins over unders to who will win MVP this year to anything else that you're looking for. You can even already bet on Wednesday's opening night game for the Oklahoma City Thunder, which the Thunder are now down to 10.5 point underdogs. So they've actually gained a point in the spread. They used to be 11.5 point underdogs when this opened up a couple weeks ago. Now it's bet down to 10.5. So check that out today at betonline.net. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into breakout players, SGA, Isaiah Joe. Another breakout player for me is Lou Dort. I think that his role is much more defined and is better for him this year than what it has been in years prior. I think that whenever you look at Lou Dort, you're going to see him now. He has that long-term money. He's got the contract situation solved, and he's got a better roster around him that will not necessarily force, but allow him to play in an easier or better role for him or a more conducive role to his skill set. You will see him shooting in the corner this this season a lot more, which is good for him. That is good for what he can do roster-wise and and talent-wise. Let's look at his corner shooting threes in his career. In the corner from three in his career. Rookie year, 31%. The next year, 46%. Last year, 44%. Those are two great numbers from three-point land in the corner. Now, let's flip that. What does his non-corner shooting threes look like? His rookie year, 29%. The year next, 33%. Last year, 31%. So when you take away more of those above-the-break threes and you give him more corner threes, which which he's better at, then you're going to see that efficiency rise on its own. I also think that he'll have the ball in his hands less, which will be a good thing for him. He's not one of the premier ball handlers on this team, but he was forced into that role these last couple of seasons. They tried it out. Also, they just didn't have the talent on the roster, however you want to slice it. I think that he'll shoot more in the corners this year, and I think that he's also an improved rim finisher. 
He has not shown that in the NBA yet. He, he's he's gotten a little better, but he's still in the blue, which is you know below average in the in terms of percentile. But he's talked about working on that all summer long. All summer long, he's been working on decision making at the rim, finishing through contact at the rim, and being able to use his frame better. We've seen that some in the preseason. I think that we'll see that more in the regular season. So with his efficiency on the rise, plus his really good defense, plus his better decision-making, with all that coming together, I think that you're going to see a much better version of Lou Dort with that elite defense and everything else he can provide and make that contract look even better than it already looks. Another breakout candidate, I have two more. Trey Mann, I think, will be a more efficient score. I think it'll be a nice score off the bench and play better defense. I think that Josh Giddy will be a breakout player as well. It's, it's hard, of course, for these two players to be considered breakouts because they're in year two. But with Josh Giddy, improved rim finishing, improved ball handling, improved shooting, I think this is all real. I think those are all real skill sets that he's shown since, that he's shown since Summer League. I think that his, he has better teammates that will create assists for him instead of potential assists. Obviously, every great, great passer still has a potential assist, but I think that he has teammates now that can cash in those shots at a higher clip. Than he has, you know, than he had his rookie season. I think that he'll have a real leap this year. I want to talk about three more players. So the first thing is a big year. I think that you're going to have a big year from Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. It's hard to call a rookie a breakout, so let's change the verbiage to a big year because this is just his baseline. It's not a breakout. Three level score. I think he has great passing ability. I think he's above average to good, de- you know, a defender as a rookie, which is hard to do. Even if he's just simply above average as a rookie, that's incredibly hard. I think he'd be a good defender as a rookie, which is awesome. I think he's a lock for all rookie team. I think he'll have a huge year and become one of the fan favorites on this team. Two guys I think will have a better than expected year. So not a breakout year, not, not, not anything to go right home about, but better than we expect. Number one, Usman Jang. I think that Usman Jang will play more NBA minutes than we thought he would back in June. I think he's a really good defender. Even at this level, he's already caught up to speed a little bit as a rookie. That'll keep him on the floor and get him on the floor. I think he's very comfortable on offense as a ball handler and as a passer. Can his shooting come around? And we've seen some good rim finishing from him as well, which will all culminate into this really nice rookie season. The last one, yeah, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I think that Darius Baisley will have a better than expected year. I think that he shows elite defense, which is obvious. He did that all last year. But did you notice these last two preseason games, zero three-point attempts in two games, zero three-point attempts in the last two preseason games, He's more of that rim-running role, which is awesome for him in the dunker spot, also in the pick-and-roll set, cutting to the basket, everything. Take away those three-point shots, get more decisive and athletic, getting to the rim, plus his elite defense, and that's a nice, competent swing starter and high-rotational piece. I think that we'll see that from Darius Baisley. Now, drop below in the comment section, how excited are you for the season on a scale of 1 to 10? What's your starting lineup this year for the Thunder? And who is your breakout player for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Drop all that down below. And we're going to have another podcast out for you tomorrow on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe for free. We're here every single day and after every single game. Make sure you subscribe and follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles so you never miss an episode. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 